Hi, welcome to This Property Life. My name is Mark Winship, and this week I'm joined by the dream team of Caroline Clayden and James D'Souza to chat about all things sourcing and working with sourcing agents. Using a sourcing agent can be appealing, particularly if you live a long way from where you invest, but there are some key things that you need to be aware of. In this episode, we talk about how and when to use a sourcing agent, how to find a good one, and what to do if you want to source on any of your own deals. This is a really interesting topic, so let's dive straight in. Morning, James. Morning, Caroline. How are you both? Morning, Mark. Very good, thank you. Good, good, good. Good to see you. Thanks for joining me. So uh, this morning we are talking about sourcing and sourcing agents. So we know that one of the blocks if you like one of the challenges for people when they're looking to invest particularly if the investment area is a long way from where they live is having the time to make regular visits to actually get out and source properties which is where a sourcing agent potentially comes in so a sourcing agent is someone who is um, in theory going to be doing due diligence and is going to be um, sourcing deals packaging them up and then marketing them to investors for a fee effectively so sounds like you know a really great service that we could all tap into but i like what are you guys mark yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, well let's be honest it's a little bit like the wild west isn't it um the the, the landscape when it comes to sources and sourcing mm-hmm. deals so what's been your experience of sourcing agents so far have have either of you used a sourcing agent at any stage we used one very early on. Um, okay. to get, I think it was deal number two, maybe number three. Yeah. Um, we used a sourcing agent to get that. That was nigh on 10 years ago, though, now. So yeah, there was yeah. less regulation than there is today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to talk through the experience of that. Yeah. And- was, was it a positive experience or how did it work? It, it was mixed. And I think a lot of people that use sourcing agents would probably say the same thing. Yeah. Um, the we were still probably a little bit green behind the ears in terms of um, what we were looking for. And we, we, we'd obviously been going through our training, but we didn't know everything that we know now. So the kind of the deal that was presented to us was probably slightly better than the deal we actually did. But at the end of the, it it ended up working out okay um, with that deal. And and we ended up uh, turning it into a multi-let early on. So that was, that was a nice little cash flow booster um which we weren't expecting for so the refurb was a little bit over you know over what we were expecting and there were a few kind of problems that weren't foreseen but the cash flow ended up being a bit better so it was kind of swings and roundabouts we obviously paid a sourcing fee for that we we were going to be buying two from the sourcing agents and one of the other ones fell out of bed and they then kind of it was nothing to do with us it was just the, the vendor pulled out and they then kept the sourcing fee we never kind of saw that back um, they said we can roll it over to another deal, but then they didn't have anything else that that kind of ticked our boxes. Because obviously, the more you progress, the better quality deal you're then looking for. Yeah. So then we say, no, that doesn't stack up. We then went to have a look at it. We said, no, your refurb's wrong. So we were then kind of getting more understanding about it. And we, yeah. we never saw that. It wasn't the full um, sourcing fee that we paid. It was kind of a, a, a half of it. So we never saw that kind of 1,000 or 1,500 pounds back. But I think yeah. you kind of you win some, you lose some in property, don't you? Yeah. 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 We've seen, I've seen, I've seen all sorts, mm. um, particularly right at the beginning, um, where I, I, I sourced actually a, a deal to my uncle <laughs> because okay. it didn't really make 
it wasn't like money in money out deal for me but he was just quite happy to buy something at, at, at for a yield so yeah. I was like oh you, you can have that and I never charged him a fee or anything like that because you know family um and you know I think that is what's the investor's expectation probably drives the experience yeah. a lot because you do get those armchair investors who wants want to just park their money in a property uh take the yield uh, and they're quite happy with that and there are many 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 sourcing agents out there that will deliver that kind of level of deal but when you're looking for you know you're making your money when you buy getting the discount get your money out or a large proportion of your money out that's that's really what quite challenging and I, i've got sourcing agents emailing me at the moment lease option deals and i'm thinking hmm. on, if it's a lease option why are you not doing that because seriously there's no money to put into it yeah so there's sometimes you see things that are a little bit unless it needs a chunky old refurb or something like that and you're sinking 10 grand into the of, of refurb cost into the deal yeah, no, I've looked at it and I'm just like, oh. that's literally just taking that property on for cash flow. So, is it not a lease option? Is it a rent to rent, maybe? Or is it? Yeah, it's, it, again, terminology can change depending on the yeah. level of uh, experience and knowledge that the sourcing agents have as well. And I think um, I'm sure we'll talk about this the, the difference about securing a deal, running all the due diligence, and giving a full pack to the investor is yeah. one level of sourcing and then there's oh, i found this deal on right move do you want to buy it yeah uh, level yeah, yeah. but yeah. we've seen it all haven't we I've, yeah I, I, I have used another sourcing agent it wasn't we didn't pay a fee though it was it was donna oh yeah Donna's <laughs> so uh sort of from from within the property wealth system network so I'll, I'll talk about that one in a bit maybe afterwards yeah, yeah. yeah. i guess um on a, a higher level i'm using sourcing agents in the form of commercial commercial agents yeah. because I've built a relationship with a particular commercial agent and he basically gets access to every other commercial agent's deals. He yeah. introduces me to it and I have to pay him 1% when oh, I buy yeah. it. And I'm like, and, and is the, is the seller hard. also paying him a fee? <laughs> no. So you've got the, the, the commercial agent who's selling it, who's going to get paid by the vendor. And then you've got this commercial agent who's like, oh, yeah, this other agent's got this listed. Do you want to have a look at it? And then I pay him a fee. It's just like <laughs> so random, even though it's on the open market. I guess, you know. If, if you were to have seen and had eyes on it before he introduced yeah. that opportunity to you, would you say I've already seen this? Or Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. But I mean, if if he has, it's, what I would say is what I'm paying for there is um, they are all... <sighs> They're very closely related in that they know what to say to each other. He knows what to say to the other agent to know what price I need to pay to get it. If it goes to a closing, he kind of knows what the vendor's looking for because they're all mates together, aren't they? Yeah. So I guess I'm paying not to get access to the deal, but to make sure that I secure it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it's about, to a degree, it's about knowing what questions to ask, isn't it? Because like you said, there's a big difference between someone just packaging up a property that they found, which essentially anybody could do that. They're just doing your right move search for you, in effect, versus actually something representing a deal. There's a difference between a deal and a property for sale, you know, is it, and it's knowing what questions you need to, to ask of someone. And I think I've always thought a good quality sourcing agent is going to be finding you off market deals as opposed to yeah. I found this on the estate agent's website and I've negotiated a, a couple of grand off. 
yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't discount working. I haven't done a deal with a sourcer so far. I wouldn't discount it. I am actually in talks with a with a sourcer at the moment. So I could, you know, to a certain degree, I can see the appeal. I can see where it would fit, you know, at certain points in your strategy and for certain people in certain circumstances. But it's just again, it's it's coming back to doing your due diligence and knowing the questions to ask. So the deals I'm looking to source at the moment are in service to accommodation, and I know there's probably three or four key questions that I can rattle off pretty quickly, and that will give me an indication as to whether a they know what they're talking about when it comes to service accommodation, and and b have they genuinely done the due diligence on this as as a as a deal? Because clearly they're going to want to make the numbers look attractive. You know that that, that you probably need to take some of that with a pinch of salt to a degree and do your own research, which I know sort of feels like it defeats the object of using a sourcing agent. If you've then got to go out and, and do all the due diligence yourself, but I don't know, maybe that's just me. I feel I've got to, I got to do all the sort of double checking behind the scenes. Yeah. It, no, at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to be buying the property though. So you're going yeah. to want to make sure it stacks up for you. And yeah. you're not, even if, even if they were a trusted sourcer that you'd use time and time again, you're still going to check the numbers because if you have missed something, it's yeah. not going to hurt them at the, you know, in five, six months time when you come to refinance it, it's going to end up affecting your pocket. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's what makes, you know, you just, you just have to put the groundwork in. That's what potentially makes, I described it as being like the wild west at, at the beginning. And I think if you could go onto any property forum and search sources, you're going to see horror stories of people who have paid sourcing fees up front before they've even seen the property, or, you know, all of these kind of big red flags and, and got burnt by it. So I guess it's just knowing really, it's, it's understanding your area research and, and knowing that you can qualify a deal that's sent to you, not just taking it as rote and going, oh, well, that looks amazing. They must know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, really? I guess, I, I don't know if we want to go down this rabbit hole in this episode, but I guess Inside Track were probably one of the biggest sourcing agents out there at a yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's where yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It is... <sighs> I think the skeptic out there, and obviously being Scottish, we don't trust anyone, but it's always about, well, if this feels so good, why aren't you buying it? But actually, there are people out there that have no interest in investing in property, but property is their business. And I guess the estate agents, that's their business, right? Selling it, not buying it. Or yeah. it's so, a cash generation strategy for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a great a great way for our students to, you know, if they're, if they're getting volumes of offers out there and they're, they're maybe getting volumes of numbers of yeses in that they can't all transact on you know sourcing the odd deal on is great and and then we be straightforward and easy for them because the quality of the deal will be so good well when we train caroline it's all we're telling all our students you know get loads of offers out there get loads of offers out there and then the question that always gets asked is what happens if they all say yes what happens if you know 20 20 offers get accepted on the same day yeah. um and <laughs> It's at that kind of time when, you know, no matter how many angel investors you've got, you're probably not going to be able to finance uh, yeah. 20 buy-to-lets all going, or 20 HMOs all going through at the same time or have the wherewithal to want to do 20 all at the same time. Yeah, so you can do what thing. you can and you can then source the others on. So but when that, I, I was training out in Hong Kong, interestingly, there was a couple that um, had tried to buy property in the UK before, you know, um, they'd attended our training and uh, they Googled sourcing agents in the UK right and like 500 <clears throat> results came up now 
that is a lot of work to go through 500 to find the good ones. Because yeah. as you know, as percentages, you're going to have a very small percentage of those 500 in the UK that will be of any use. Yeah. So um, how do you know if they're good ones? How, how are we going to identify? How are we going to sift through the good from the bad, do you think? Well, you, you talk, talk about to them. Yeah, questions. Yeah, definitely. You're not going to gauge how good they are over an email conversation or having a look at maybe a brochure or a pack they've put together. Because who, who said that they've even put that together? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, actually physically being able to talk to them, asking about experiences, questions is, is spot on. Yeah. Um, and also what I think the big, the big one of the big questions to ask would be, what is a deal to you? What kind what, what, what do you actually source on? What do the numbers look like? Can you show me a template example? Yeah, because they'll use different terminology in different ways to qualify a deal, won't they? So you'll get some sourcing agents who'll talk about the yield, but not necessarily the ROI. And, you know, we, we might be looking for different things out of it. So I guess also it's about being really clear on what your expectations are and what, how you qualify a deal yeah. so, that, that, so that they understand what you're looking for um, so that you don't end up with something that doesn't fit your investment model. Yeah. I don't yeah. like the sourcing agents that want something up front before they've, you've even got a deal or anything like that either. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just pay us a reservation fee for when a property crops up because who's yeah. to say you're ever going to see that money again? Yeah. yeah. I understand if, if you, they've got the deal and you go, yes, I want that. I think paying a reservation fee to say, yes, I'm taking it is fair. Is 100% fair enough. But yeah. I've had a sourcing agent that I was just um, kind of messaging and, and, and chatting to. So oh, would you just pay us the, the £3,000 as your that's your first sourcing fee so when we source your deal you you know that's your fee covered and i said well who's to say you're ever going to find something that ticks my boxes yeah yeah, yeah. i think well it's like with a builder right anyone who asks for money um <clears throat> where they haven't qualified themselves you know that is is a bit of a sticking point isn't it and i think yeah, it's, it's anything up front. I can sort of understand them wanting to protect their business in the sense that, you know, trying to see it from a sourcer's point of view, they must be plagued with investors trying to find out where that property is um, and then just just you know, just literally going around the sourcing agent and, and trying to negotiate that deal separately. So I can sort of understand that they would want to protect that and secure that. But like you say, you've just got to be very wary about, you know, putting money up front for yeah. something that's at that stage completely unqualified. I wouldn't necessarily expect to be given a full address of a property and, and all the fine details of something until I've said, yes, I, I want it or I want to, I want to get my eyes in there. So it just yeah. as a, as a headline headline figures, you know, it's the first, probably what the, the first part of the postcode for sure, probably the, the next two or, or, or one part, because yeah. then you've got a good idea of roughly where it is roughly yeah. what the refurb is going to be, the purchase price. You're then going to have an idea of, obviously, you're going to know what it is. You know, is it two beds, two beds, uh, two up, two down, or is it a, a three-bed semi-detached? So you can then start gauging, well, what's it going to be worth once it's done up? What kind of condition is it? I can start looking at pictures and go, right, it's going to roughly cost me this much. It's starting to stack up in terms of a deal for me from that mm. point. Yeah. 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 I tell you, what's interesting, though, is a sourcing agent generally wouldn't be anxious about a deal being stolen from them if they've built the relationship with the vendor and they've actually got a heads of term signed. Yeah. No, no one's taken that deal from them. Yeah. Um, and actually that that's the level that I would expect a sourcing agent to go to. Mm. You know, they've, they've built that relationship with the vendor either through off market or viewing the property. Um, they've agreed the price that 
not just they will pay, but one of their clients will pay. Heads of terms will be signed on that. And yeah. so the deal's secured. That's the work they put in, and that's what I'm paying for them to have done. They earn so their I, fee through that work. Yeah. If they're really, really nervous about the deal being stolen from them, what have they actually done? You know, is and find a link just, on right move probably. Yeah, find a link on right move, and you know, maybe viewed it and said, oh, you know, you, again, I've seen a sourcing agent saying, um, or oh, you know, this is the price for it, but I could maybe get you another two thousand pounds off. It's like, well, dude, that that's take, not the price for it, is it? Yeah, take the two thousand pounds off because yeah. why do you think another two thousand pounds can come off? What at this point, secure it at that price, and then. Mm -hmm bring it to your clients um i don't know maybe my expectations are a little too high who knows but and it might not be that they are um you know packaging a deal poorly in a malicious way it you yeah. know so there are plenty of people who maybe at some point have been sold the dream that actually you know you don't need any cash to invest in your own property why not just start out sourcing loads of deals and they thought well great that sounds easy i'll just uh, i'll just jump on right move and i'll find these deals and maybe i'll agree uh, uh, you know and there's, it happens a lot in in rent to rent strategies as well so i'll just agree the rent and then i'll find someone that wants to take that on because i had exactly that experience not that long ago where i contacted uh, a source or i was sent a, a deal in inverted commas um a, a rent to sa deal and you know it wasn't difficult to unpick that um supposed deal with three or four very basic questions and you know, we we had a chat to the sourcer, and by her own admission, she she runs the business out of her kitchen with her mum somewhere in the middle of the country. They source all over the country, so I guess that's another thing. Is about you know, should we be looking for a local sourcing agent who genuinely knows that market really really well? And that yeah. was the first question that we wanted to know: Do you source just locally for that area or nationally? Um, and by the admission that they were like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a great service. I find these properties all over the country. And then I, but, but in reality, they were just finding properties as opposed to sourcing deals. Cause yeah. they're not going to have any idea about the difference in labor costs from one part of the country to another. And no. you know, the, the done up values, they're going to have very limited knowledge because they haven't got that local knowledge. They're yeah. not going to understand, well, that's a, that's a good street. That's a, that's a street you yeah. probably wouldn't want to be renting on. So yeah. I, I certainly think if you're going to be using a sourcer, they need to be investing themselves in yeah. that area and would need yeah. to be prepared to buy the kind of deal that you're buying from yeah. them. But my point is they weren't trying to screw anyone over. They, they genuinely, yeah. you know, were very open about the model and what, what they do and thought that was, and so it's just, again, understanding what questions to ask and, and, you know, understand it just because a property has been presented to you that doesn't as a deal, it doesn't necessarily mean it is a deal. Yeah. Um, so you have to analyze it yourself. But yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, sources that are local to the area that understand the market, that the, the, the variances within different areas and yeah. how it works is, is, is really important. I think they've got that knowledge. Because ultimately, yeah. a lot of the time, you're going to be looking to use a sourcing agent because you're not in that area yourself. Exactly. So you might not have a built-in. You might not know of a letting agent. So you're going to want yeah. the part of the fee that you're paying the sourcing agent for is to be able to provide that level of service for you. And, you know, I don't, I wouldn't expect a project management fee to be included in there, but at least saying these are reputable builders that I've used before and they've quoted X amount for the work. Yeah. And that's yeah. a quote that you could run with. <clears throat> the other thing that I've seen sourcing agents doing is is – supplying sort of turnkey 
properties. They're already done up. Mm -hmm. They're already finished. Yeah. And there is a market for that, right? There is a market for people who don't want to do refurbs, don't want to convert into HMOs or whatever, uh, don't want to get involved in any of that. And again, they're just... Money parkers. Business, business in a box, parking. Oh, yeah. um, and they're quite, they're quite happy with that. Um, so while we're, we would we, be very scathing, that's not a deal, but to somebody, it, it probably would be um so it, it's about expectations isn't it and just having that open communication mm. with the source agent about what you expect yeah um, and in terms of finding a good source and i know it probably sounds like we're teaching people to suck eggs but is is referrals and word of mouth arguably one of the best ways to do that do you think in terms of you know either asking that question of the source or have you got you know, other landlords that I could speak to that you've sourced deals to before or, you know, jumping on forums and just finding out who's, if anyone has used that particular company. Yeah, I think, I think it you'd, is. You'd ask for reviews for, for anything else in the world. Mm. So why shouldn't you ask for a review from a sourcing agent with a customer that says, actually, yeah, the service was really good and and yeah. I, I would be happy to do business with them again. So I, I think there's, that that is a, it's a no-brainer really to, to be asking yeah. that question. If they can't provide it, yeah. It, what what kind of service have they provided to other people in the past yeah well i guess depending on what company structure they have right <clears throat> we're making the assumption that maybe sourcing agents are sole traders but you know they could be limited companies that are on companies house that have credit profiles that you could check out um yeah. as well but generally speaking they do tend to be Smaller. Even if it's a company, it doesn't mean that they've got repeat. They might just have you know hundreds of unsatisfactory, unsatisfied customers that have had one deal sourced them and gone, well, that was naff. I don't want to be doing that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is that. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, you could have a great experience with a sourcing agent. You buy the property, the first four or five months seems fan dabby dozy, and then you know suddenly the drainage is a disaster, there's asbestos found in the rail or whatever, you know, and then you're like, oh my God, this was this was a money pit and mm. I wasn't made aware of all this and it, it comes out later down the track. Yeah. Um, a question you get asked or you see asked a lot um, of people who are interested in using a sourcing agent and have made inquiries is, do you think that this fee that they're charging is appropriate? Mm. Well, the reality is, there isn't a great deal of standardization on that, is there? It's it, yeah. it, it it really comes down to the deal and your numbers and whether or not it stacks. I don't think there's any sort of standard practice. I mean, obviously, it's a supply and demand competitive market. So, you know, they're going to want to be roughly, you know, in line with the competition. But it's difficult to answer that question, really, isn't it? It's yes. more about the value that's being provided to you and mm. what, you know, I'd be more than happy to pay a a hefty sourcing fee if there's a hefty discount associated with that property and i'm you know I'm, I'm making money when i buy it if you're getting two grand off the the asking price or the actual done up value but you're being asked for three thousand pound sourcing fee then why would you be paying that yeah the other way that they can i mean the, i guess sourcing agents can structure their fees however they want i've known us uh sourcing agents who actually um will charge you a percentage of the profit you're going to make when you flip yeah. it or you know, you said there, James, about paying a hefty sourcing fee for the discount. But what about a hefty fee for the uplift in the yeah. GDP? Same thing, right? Um, so it could be a fixed fee or it could be a percentage of the price you pay or a percentage of the profit that you're likely to make, depending on what that, that deal is. Now, a savvy sourcing agent mm. would, um, you know, if they're doing in the, the bigger stuff, 
you know, let's say it's a commercial to residential conversion, for example, um, introduces you to the builders, you're going to make 150 grand on it. You know, a sensible sourcing agent will take a percentage of that rather than a fixed fee at the beginning mm, yeah. because they're so confident in, in, in the deal and the actual profit that you're yeah. making off of it. So, mm. in fact, actually charging a percentage of that profit gives you a degree of comfort that the sourcing agent knows exactly mm. The quality that that they're providing in terms of the deal there but yeah i mean they can they can charge anything i mean the smallest i've seen is about two and a half thousand but it can go up to hundreds of thousands of pounds right yeah. hundreds of thousands yeah. of pounds yeah. millions even could go yeah. into millions if the, deal, if the deal's big enough i'm sure you know, a big develop obviously a big development deal you know where you're buying a bit of land and getting planning for a couple of hundred houses it's not going to incur a three grand sourcing fee is it so it, the, the the fee I guess should be proportionate to the to the deal. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. is there a danger then that, uh, particularly people I guess just starting out investing, could see sourcing or working with a sourcing agent as a way to shortcut the learning process of having to understand their area and do their own due diligence? That's where the mistakes are going to happen, right? Because if you haven't done that work how on earth are you going to qualify whether a deal is a deal? So there is a danger of thinking, hey, this sounds like a great option for me. I don't have a lot of time to get to my area. I'll just use a sourcing agent and they can bring me deals. There's a danger there, isn't there? Yeah. And James and I, we we hear this all the time. You know, we, we spend three intense days with people and they're like, oh, so overwhelmed. This seems like a lot of effort. They're always looking for the shortcut. And the shortcut is... I'll just get someone to find the deals for me. And there is a time and a place for it when you're starting mm-hmm. out. And I would say someone who's very, very time poor. So like our airline pilots who are in the sky most of oh, the time. But, but they have to be, uh, there has to be an element of cash richness to yes. their time poorness. They can't be time yeah. poor, cash poor because they're yeah. going to struggle to work with the sourcing agent on that front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, you, you kind of have to, cut your teeth learn how to do it first in order to then have a smooth experience with a sourcing agent yeah because yeah it's kind of like mastering a skill to then be able to leverage someone else's skill yeah Um, yeah yeah. if if you've got money that you're happy to be effectively parking in some deals then and you've not got the time to go out and find them for yourself then a sourcing agent wouldn't necessarily be a, a bad place to start or a reputable sourcing agent wouldn't be a bad place to start Mm. but we don't see as many of those kind of people coming through um i would say anymore where we're getting where they are kind of i've got loads of money i just need i I just need it working in property so i can free up my time a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. so so the 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 take-home message then on working with sourcing agents seems to be that in certain circumstances it it could work it could be a good option there are certainly good sources out there but it's just proceed with caution and do your do your due diligence get educated understand your area you know don't try and shortcut any of that process it now is a far more regulated industry than it was 10 years ago when i got my first deal from a sourcer as well so yeah i guess there there are easier there are there are ways to test now how good and how professional that sourcer is by checking whether they've got they've ticked all the tick boxes they need to be a professional sourcer well this is what i was going to come on to so what what you know because they're the flip side of the coin we kind of briefly mentioned it uh, earlier on what if someone um 
is wanting to start a sourcing business or or at the very least is is producing deals that they're not able to move on and they think right i'll just source these on but the 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 industry is more regulated than it used to be there are compliance things that you need to go through aren't there to be able to formally package up and 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 sell deals so what do we know about that side of things the compliance side of sourcing on deals i think the big one is the money laundering and the client so again, we, we've said, oh, you'll get an idea of how good a sourcing agent's by how you ask, how they answer certain questions you ask them. But also on the flip side, what questions are they asking of you? Are they yeah. what forms are they getting you to complete? What due yeah. diligence are they doing on you and where your money's coming from? Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a pretty good indicator of how good they are, yeah. because if you're like, oh, yeah, I'll pay you that cash, yeah, in a brown envelope, and let's say. <laughs> you know let's let's just keep this you know off the books and you know that's probably a fairly good indicator of what's going on in the back the cool yeah the quality of the paperwork as well if it's if it's a sourcing agreement on scribbled on a bit of a4 mm, yeah not too keen on that but if it's if you can tell that it's clearly been created by a solicitor and it, it ticks all their boxes they can talk you through various different clauses and things in there and they've put them in there for x y and z reasons you go this seems like a more professional setup yeah There'll be a mandate there um, for you to to complete so that while you might pay a percentage of that sourcing fee to secure the deal, the remainder will be paid on completion of the deal that mandate sits with the solicitor. So again, that that should all really be in place. And and so again, the paperwork involved, like you say, is is quite a good indicator. And it's been registered with some industry bodies as well now. Yeah. And these are the things that you that you would have to have in place if you wanted to source deals. It's not just a simple case of, oh, well, great. I, I didn't realize if I can't do the deal, I'll just dream up uh, a fee that I'm going to charge someone and, and sell them on the deal. That, that there's there's compliance that you need to 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 go through, isn't there, to be able to? You're do effectively, that. if you're a sourcing agent, you're effectively deemed, and as an estate agent, in the eyes of the kind of the government, that's what that's what you are to some extent. So just as you couldn't set up your own estate agency without any formal paperwork or or, or kind of yeah. structure it, you couldn't set up a, a sourcing agency without any structure either yeah, yeah. And insurance because what happens if a deal yeah. goes south and you're and a, and a client you know pursues you and, and sues you for something so you need to have um indemnity insurance as well mm. so i guess yeah. it, you need to weigh up like how um how often you're going to be sourcing deals mm. how how regularly you're going to be transacting as a sourcing agent to make it or deem it worthwhile for paying for all these compliance and set up costs that will be incurred. I mean, look, they're little shovels. Yeah. So your first, your first deal that you source on would probably cover your setup fees. Cover. Yeah, mm. exactly. And then exactly. you're going to have some annual subscriptions on top of that. But yeah. 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 So that's fine. If you know that, you, your pipeline is going to consistently be churning out these deals and that that is going to be at the very least a side stream to your, your business. If it's just, you know, one deal and suddenly you're panicking, I don't know what to do with it, then, yeah. you know, that's it might not be worth paying those sort of fees to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I'm well, trying to think of a creative way to get around that. If you did just... If, if, if you, maybe an introducer's fee. So that you're not actually doing the sourcing. I don't know if that would be acceptable. Maybe a lead generation fee. A lead generation fee. So it's not, a, it's, you know, you need to go and do your own due diligence. I'm not presenting the deal, but there is an opportunity here, I think. Yeah. 
yeah. or could you set up or could you set up a JV agreement where actually your JV agreement in the deal states that you get a certain amount of money at some point? Oh, you know, I'm trying to think guys. Pass, pass it to an actual sourcing agent and go, I've got this here, but I'm not a registered, or you're not allowed to do that no, anymore. You still, yeah. yeah, you still need to go through all the, the gubbins yeah. with this. So that's why I was thinking JVing may be a way to do it. Yeah. Where the JV, the JV agreement states that you, as part of the person in the deal, gets X amount of money. Yeah. And then the remainder of all there for cash flow and things after goes to this person. And that's the yeah. JV agreement, maybe. I, yeah. I, like I'm, I'm thinking as much outside the box as I can. That's not deemed to be advice. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. think there must, be a, there must be a way for someone who just wants to do a one-off. Yeah, I was going to say, if you do it as a one-off with somebody that you know, you haven't got a mailing list, you're not holding any company data, I'm yes. sure there are yes. ways yeah. around it. And it's someone that you know and trust already. Yeah. Um, I think if you're advertising for clients. For oh, yeah. That at that point in time, you 100% need to be regulated. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think the bottom line then is um, is proceed with caution, do your due diligence, do your research, make sure that you understand. Yeah, you understand what what a deal looks like in your area, mm -hmm. and you're very clear on your investment model. If you're going to source deals on a regular basis, make sure that you understand all the compliance checks that you need to go through to be able to do that. And I think. In the interest of balance, I think we we probably need a panel show with a sourcing agent, don't we? I think that would be a a good a, a good future panel show to actually have a good sourcing agent come on and uh, explain their model and sort of um, if we've come across as ever so slightly skeptical today, then they they can sort of make the case for for working with a with a, a good compliant sourcing agent. Yeah, absolutely. Because all, all all the all the students that we've taught internationally that you know they. They are living a 12, mm. 24, 15 hour flight away from the UK and are still buying deals through sourcing agents. Yeah. So there are obviously some good ones out there. There yeah. are. There yeah. are. There are. There. I guess put sourcing agents and builders together, right? Everyone's yeah. terrified of the builders or what yeah. if you get a dodgy one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, it's the same with well, solicitors, brokers, mm. sourcing agents. Like they're all members of your team that you would need to do your due diligence one to ensure that they're as good as they say that they are. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, it's been fascinating as always to chat to you guys. I think we've, we've well and truly covered off sourcing and sourcing agents there. So thank you so much for that. Hope everybody's found that useful and um, great to speak to you guys. And I will catch up with you again soon. See you soon. Um, see you soon, Mark. Bye. Bye. I really hope that you now feel more confident in working out whether working with a sourcing agent is right for you and how to make sure that any deal being presented to you is actually a deal that is going to work for you. If you ever need any ongoing guidance and support, why not head on over to the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook, where there are loads of other investors and property people who are always happy to steer you in the right direction. Please like, follow and share the podcast with anybody else that you think will enjoy it. Thanks again for tuning in and I will catch you on the next episode.